Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bare Necessities podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and we're here today with our post-draft coverage. The draft finally occurred. I know you guys didn't hear from us at the end of day one, day two, or even day three, but here we are Sunday. We wanted to take a little bit to reflect on it, um, and I think, you know, with this podcast, uh, we're always very, we, we try to take a very uh, level-headed approach and wanted to make sure that we had all of our evaluation done before we could uh, even come at you guys with this instant reaction. But I'm joined with my co-host, Reese. Reese, how are you doing? How, how'd you enjoy the draft? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, first day uh, watching it was, you know, interesting to see, you know, how everything shook out for the first round. And of course, you know, the Bears didn't end up trading into the first round, which I think when you know we're able to take a look at the whole draft strategy since it's concluded now definitely understand um why that didn't happen and i am actually kind of grateful that we didn't record something at the end of day two um of course we could have mm-hmm. at you know um the end of day three but i think that you know to make sense of day two we kind of had to get the whole perspective of the draft and i think that um, very much, we did not mock this draft to play out in the way that it did. I think we anti- we Certainly anticipated not. the trade downs, um, maybe not quite as late as they come, but I think that one of the major victories of this draft was turning six picks into 11. Um, so, you know, good job. Three picks into 11. He pretty much those last three picks, those were all the ones that turned into, I guess, also the future sixth round pick uh, that they traded back to the Chargers. Yeah, um, I, yeah I think. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> This this draft was a bit of a surprise to me, uh, if I'm being honest. And we're going to go through each player and everything. But um, it was so interesting to see the approach that Poles was going to take. And I'm very pleased with the approach. Uh, but the approach very much so tells me that he's not even remotely similar to Ryan Pace. Uh, Ryan Pace was the king of drafting for need. And while I think polls definitely considered the needs of the team uh, in general. He also did go in ways that were kind of surprising to a lot of Bears fans. Um, polls understands that this team isn't really like next year isn't really our goal. So I don't actually mind the approach that he took. Um, that being said, my big criticism in the draft is I, I do wish that we could have done more for Justin Fields. Um, but I, ultimately, I love the players. I think the players are awesome overall before we get into them. But it's just, there's still that looming thing uh, of like, okay, who's helping Justin Fields? How, who's going to really take over on this offensive line? We did take four offensive linemen, yeah. but still, I you know, who's going to step up out of that group to, you know, really be a dependable starter? Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that, man, it really did sting to, you know, watch both the second round picks go by and, you know, they had shots at Pickens at both of them and, you know, he ended up going... Mm-hmm not too long later to the Pittsburgh Steelers and man, they really had, you know, good amount of wide receivers on the board. I think that everyone started getting really scared after day one when there was a huge run from, you know, pick 10 to, to, you know, about six more receivers down um, just in that first round. But I think that, you know, ultimately they could have had, you know, a couple of really effective receivers. Um, you know, they ended up addressing that in the third round by getting Valus Jones, um, which, you know, we can obviously talk about deeper later. But, yeah, obviously I think that a lot of people would have wanted to see uh, more done for Justin Fields, and at least they were able to, you know, really, you know, pick a lot of offensive linemen later on in the draft. And, you know, I do think that, you know, ultimately, hopefully one of those four, you know, end up turning into, like you said, a starter. Um, odds are a couple of them are going to be depth pieces. And, you know, with that large of a group, you know, one of them could very well get cut as well, uh, one or two of them. So we'll see how it plays out. And there's kind of that's the whole aspect of a training camp and all of the rest of this offseason moving forward. But yeah, I think that, you know, it did have a disappointment of, you know, not loading up as much because I think I would have been totally happy with two wide receivers in that first in those first two picks. Yeah. You know, I would have been completely yeah. happy with that. Um, and not that those two second round picks weren't great, but yeah, it, it left a little bit of a sour taste at first, but um, I think I was able to get over it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, let's go ahead and start moving to the picks. I mean, before we get into that, though, I just want to say that I'm actually happy that the Bears didn't even have a shot at Christian Watson uh, by the time their pick right. came and that the Packers traded up for him because, you know, as much as Christian Watson, like he's a talented, talented player, 
but he very much so is like this is gonna be his comp for me. He's like the Jordan Love of wide receivers. You know, like you saw a lot of ups, and you're like, okay, the physical aspects are there, but it is a big flyer. Um, and I do wonder if we took. I know if we took Pickens, he would be like. I feel like I would feel pretty comfortable week one knowing the wide receivers we had, right? Yeah. But getting someone like Christian Watson as a Packer, if I was a Packers fan, you don't really know how effective he's going to be year one. And that's my big concern. Like, you hope the scheme brings more out of him. Um, but it's just like, you don't... To me, their wide receiver core is still lacking quite a bit. Um, yeah. But I, I don't and, know. And not to detour too much. And that's an interesting point because um, you think just because of the situation, you know, the kind of time-sensitive nature of everything that's going on up there, you know, maybe you would go after the wide receiver that is a little bit more day one ready. Um, but, you know, that organization has done a really good job of turning second you know, not only is just second round receivers in general, but maybe some more of those developmental type receivers into something. Um, but the question is, you know, like even Devonte Adams didn't catch on fire, you know, his first year for like four, even like it really took him. Probably, until I, I think his third left. year, he was like really consistent. Um, he was a wide receiver one his third yeah. year. But yeah. you know, if it, if that's that kind of trajectory for Christian Watson, you know what does that mean for them? I mean, I feel like the Packers are yeah. just as much in a win now mentality. They have to, they are in a bit of a retooling period because of the changes that they've had to make because of the cap, but they're very much still, you know, a very win focused team. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess overall it's unfortunate that Christian Watson couldn't make it down to the bears, but I, I don't even know if they would have taken him anyway at that point. I don't think they would have. And that's, that's kind of where I'm getting at is like, it seems, and we talked about this before the show, it seems like Poles really did take best player available. Like, just, he didn't yeah. care. He just took best player available. Best player available, and I think the word that I said to you is, this is sustainable roster building right here. Um, you know, mm-hmm. when you think about it, you know, now they have a Jalen Johnson and uh, Kyler Gordon cornerback duo um, and adding Brisker into that secondary. So they're really kind of adding some just sustainability of that position they feel confident in both those players and be able to jump in and and be effective you know right away um and then just going along that offensive line padding it down the way that they did um i mean that's you're hoping that you know a couple of those players are going to stick well and and add not only depth possibly a starter out of that group and you know continue moving on with building the roster there nothing about this offseason mm-hmm. has been you know, making huge gains this offseason. I mean, um, mm-hmm. you know, of course, our biggest uh, free agent sign, Ojanobi, that kind of went the other way. Um, and this isn't really a roster built of stars. This is a roster built of, you know, players that um, are kind of more high potential, high potential and, and hardworking Young. type of players. So, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, our first pick, as Reese alluded to, Kyler Gordon, 39th overall. Now, I was a huge fan of Kyler Gordon going into this. I thought that like, I, and I even mentioned to you after day one uh, that a sneaky good pick here could be cornerback. I wasn't speaking about Kyler Gordon though. I mentioned Andrew Booth yep. Jr., who I was excited about. Um, mostly because I viewed Booth as to be like more of a for sure thing immediately. Like he, Booth is like a guy that you know, you kind of know his floor in my opinion. Uh, with Kyler Gordon, he has just an unlimited ceiling. He scored a 9.7 on the relative athletic score, which is just insane for a corner. Um, and I, I, I was a huge fan of Gordon. A lot of people think he's going to be better than Trent McDuffie, who played at Washington with him uh, once they get to the NFL. He's just he's a good size. I think he's like six foot for a corner. That's pretty good. Super athletic dude. Great, like good at jumping. Also super very – he's super uh, – interchangeable like he plays in the slot plays in the outside um just really a perfect fit for this defense and here uh, even ryan polos in his, his post day two presser side that he thought there was no no shot gordon was going to be there at the pick so they knew exactly who they were going to take the second they got him and he was saying even his moxin by the way this is something i want to say as a side note i have been just extremely impressed with how honest ryan polos has been to the media like it's just it's it's crazy. He does exactly what he says he's gonna do, and there's not that like sense of uh, like trying to skew public opinion. Like he is completely honest. Like they even uh, 
even when he was talking about some of the later picks, they're like, would he, would that any of those later picks been an option at, uh, I think he said pick, uh, what was it? Like that if they didn't trade down and he kind of danced around the question as if like, nah, probably not, but they, they moved back to the other thing. So he's a very honest person. Um, and he also like, they were talking about Valus Jones age and he was just like, yeah, I mean, obviously like, that's not a great thing. He's like, like being 25, like obviously you wish there, he was, you know, 20 or yeah. whatever, but that's just a part of the player he is. So just completely honest, unlike Ryan Pace, which just took me by complete surprise. Yeah. Um, Thoughts on Kyler Gordon. I, I'm a big fan of this pick. At first, it took me by surprise. At first, I'm not going to lie. It took me by surprise. I wanted George Pickens here. But, like, after thinking about it, man, like, this 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 cornerback room now is completely different than last yeah, year. No doubt. And I think Kyler Gordon, a lot of people are going to see say he's going to be cornerback too. I think he's going to be our cornerback one next year. I think that, I don't know as early as next year, but I do really think that he has... Uh, you know, I think he has more explosive potential than Jalen Johnson. Um, yeah, his ceiling's yeah, way I think Jalen Johnson is an incredible cover corner. Um, I mean, he's a press he's, corner, though. He's not really his own yeah, guy. Yeah, and he is good at, you know, he's really good at not having the ball thrown his way. And I want, I almost kind of want quarterbacks in a way to target out Kyler Gordon because he does have a really good break on the ball. And I do think that his mm-hmm. scheme fit. I think that may have been why they ended up going with him over someone like Booth. I think that just um, his ability to play zone, like you said, in the slot and also on the board, on the perimeter as well, um, playing as that cornerback too, he's extremely effective in it. So I think that ultimately made a lot of sense from the go that way. And like you said, versatility, I think that was really just the name of the game for this draft for the Bears. I mean, they I don't know if they picked a – well – I don't know, maybe some of the offensive line really exception, but as far as some of these um, skill players, if you will, uh, man, they always went with people that have, you know, versatility, whether that be just on mm-hmm. the defensive side of the ball or offensive side of the ball. Um, and then later on in the draft, also a special teams potential as well. So I think overall, Kyler Gordon pick was very strong. I mean, he was someone that, you know, pretty much had a first round grade on him. So the value was certainly there. Um, and I think that it mm-hmm. makes sense when you, uh, it was definitely someone that I think uh, Matt Eberflus had a, a heavy hand in picking, um, which you know probably works out well for him working out in that defense. Yeah, and the other thing that I wanted to mention as well is he's one of the he was. This might sound like a little bit of a stretch, but he was the only corner in the draft that I thought was equally as good at playing zone or off as he was in press. So like that versatility being in, oh, he can play off. He can, he can play press. He can get in the slot and like, look at what the Packers were doing to us last year. A big way that they beat us, even in that, in both games where we went up early on them was because they're moving Devonte Adams, who they don't have now, but they're moving Devonte Adams into the slot to take advantage of our slot guys. So having a guy, especially like with the, how much movement there is in wide receivers nowadays that can play equally as good in the slot or whatever. Having that versatility is huge, uh, especially with Kyler Gordon. Um, having Jalen Johnson on the other side, this uh, this cornerback room goes from being, and then also adding Tavon Young to be our primary slot corner, and then having backups like, I mean, Thomas Graham and Kendall Vildor, I view both those guys as slot guys. Uh, maybe Kendall Vildor is able to resurge his career in the slot, which is where he he never should have been an outside corner, period. Like, we we knew this from the beginning, uh, but we tried to joke with ourselves into believing that he could be an outside corner. But Thomas Graham in the slot, like, this is this goes from being one of the worst cornerback rooms in the NFL to – one of the better ones, truly, especially with young talent. Like, I don't think there's a uh, a cornerback room in the NFL that has more young talent besides maybe like the Panthers who invested a lot of money into their uh, youth movement there in the cornerback room. Yeah. I mean, another team that went really hard with corners was uh, L.A. Chargers, um, especially mm-hmm. in this draft and with all the dim. F- Green Bay's got good young yeah, corners, too. I mean, too. no doubt Green Bay, but I think that this what we're building is probably going to be at least comparable here um, with some proven talent in it already. Jalen Johnson, of course, we need Eddie Jackson to step up more. Um, and kind of a good segue into our next pick, uh, the other safety that we added. 
Yeah. Uh, how, do, how, how would you just a quick grade off the back? We'll do our full grades later, but A, B, C, you know, D, like, what I, do you, th- what do you think? On I that think based one? off value, um, and it also does address a, a team need. I mean, corner was very much a position of need in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they let off well. I mean, I'll give it an A minus, honestly. Yeah, I agree with that. A minus. Uh, Jaquan Bisker, 48th overall. God, this is just such a good value. Like, I had, this is going to sound insane. Brisker was my number one safety. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Over Hamilton. Over Hamilton. Which I, I think some people will consider crazy. But, I mean, Jaquan Brisker has. I, I loved his playmaking ability, um, just even out of that safety position. Uh, sometimes at the college level, you know, that kind of instinct to break on the ball right away isn't something that you always see. And, man, I mean, it's multiple times on tape that he's just perfectly sitting in that zone, and it seems to find a way the to shade himself pretty well so the quarterback does not see him. Mm. And, man, anything over the middle, he is incredible at sniping it off. Um, and, and rangy too. I mean, there's not a lot on the tape mm-hmm. that you don't like. <laughs> Great tackler. Um, he reminds me a little bit of Adrian Amos. If Adrian Amos was athletic. So like, he's <laughs> like an athletic version of Adrian Amos where he still hits hard. He could play free safety too. Yeah. Like he could easily be Eddie Jackson's successor at free safety as well um just so versatile like just he does literally everything well tackles great uh hits yeah, great down takes the ball away great from yeah, plays downhill and and that's where he's gonna be best at you know like being i think having this pick the person that should be like if you're talking about who's winning the draft with this pick it's eddie jackson I think this is going to hide Jaquan Bisker is going to hide so much of Eddie Jackson's inefficiencies in his game when it comes to tackling. And Eddie Jackson can truly just, you know, play for the ball like he did in 2018. Um, I, I, I truly think a big reason why we didn't see why Eddie Jackson took such a step back from, you know, 2017, 2018 uh, season, he didn't have a safety with him, you know? Yeah. And there was a lot of meshing problems with everyone else they brought in, whether it be Haha Clinton Dix. I think uh, to Sean Gibson, you know, I don't think he played poorly uh, with the Bears, but I think that um, it just wasn't the perfect relationship with him and Eddie. And, you know, we'll see how it works out for Brisker. But I think at the very least, I mean, he does bring that physicality back in the defense. And also, too, I mean, is just versatile in the zone, too. I mean, you feel comfortable putting him too high, him and Eddie Jackson. That's going to be something you're going to feel comfortable with. Um, and I think that's ultimately what's extremely important for uh, what Iberflus wants to do with the defense. Um, so I, I think that Brisker brings, you know, that physical side that we've been missing at that strong safety for, you know, like you said, probably since uh, 2017, uh, 2018. So, I mean, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um... It's, I'm kind of sad that we already have another number one on the roster because I think wearing number one at, at strong safety is such a badass yeah. number. Uh, so it's too bad that Fields has that number. But, he can't go to 11 uh, either, cool. you know? I mean, that's... And yeah, and the... Oh yeah, he can't. But the crazy thing too about Brisker also has played a little bit of slot corner. So have that slot ability too. That adds just such a, like you have no clue the way that this Bears team can play defense on you when you play them. Like this this defensive back room goes from being the biggest liability on this team to probably the biggest strength so. on this team, yeah, truthfully. Easily. Especially, um, I mean, if you want to definitely say that the you know, front seven has you know declined or at least the defensive mm-hmm. line to uh, edge rushers. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, round three, uh, pick 71 wide receiver, Valus Jones Jr. This pick now. Okay. By the way, uh, before we get into the grade on Brisker, I'm giving it an A plus. I, I was so happy that we picked him. Yeah. I mean, I would say, I don't know if I'd quite give it a plus, but I do think that, um, you know, the value is probably even higher than it was for Kyler Gordon. Um, you know, I, I definitely, I'd probably go at least another A minus on it, but I, I'm closer to mm-hmm. an A. But um, okay. I, I think that it is definitely a very good pick. And you know, if you don't want to be upset about the fact they didn't pick a wide receiver again at that position, you know, like you said, it's probably more like a an A plus. I think it's a pretty, I, I think it's go, that pick is going to work out very well. Yeah. All right, round three, Valus Jones Jr. Uh, this pick took me a little bit by surprise. Uh, Definitely. I was a fa- I was a fan of Valus Jones Jr. And this, I think, is probably 
Um, as far as the top, it, well, definitely as far as the top three picks, the worst value, I would say. Um, this is I I had him at around a mid three to to low three grade for me. Um, a lot of it had to do with his age. You know, he isn't he is twenty five year or twenty four, going to be twenty five years old by the time the season comes, and you never like that. Um, that being said, he is he fit the reason why I don't have like that bad of a grade on it is I just think he fits exactly the type of offense we're going to want to have, you know, he has four, three, one speed, uh, which is crazy. And he plays a lot like Debo Samuel. Like when you plays, you can get him the ball in the backfield. He'll take it. And I think that this is a player that's going to be a much better NFL player than he was a college player because he's going to be in a scheme that uses him correctly. Um, Valus Jones Jr., of course, also played for USC before he transferred to Tennessee. Um, so, like, seeing him play there um, as well, I was, I was a big fan of him. Yeah, and I think, you know, what you said about, um, you know, possibly even finding it better in the NFL. I know at USC, kind of struggled to find his footing and find his way in the offense. You know, the usage probably wasn't quite right there. Yeah, um, yeah to no fault of his Yeah, own. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, when he got to Tennessee, um, he was able to, to really – you know, find his way into that offense, obviously play a much bigger role. Um, and then also on special teams was extremely effective as well. To me, I mean, I think this pick is like a B minus. I think that, like you said, I think mm-hmm. it works well um, with what Getsy is going to want to do in the offense. I think Getsy and also I apparently don't know how much validity there is to it, but as far as receivers that Justin Fields wanted them to pick, apparently Vailis Jones on the <laughs> list. Um, yeah. But I, I think that as far as what Getsy is going to want to do, I mean, the speed is there, the physicality. I mean, unbelievable athlete. Um, what I want to see develop more is just, you know, more of that route tree for him. I think there's a little bit of that fear yeah. that he could be a little bit of that one one or two route kind of guy. Um, so we need to see that mm-hmm. develop more. Um, well, that's Debo for you, too. Yeah. Like, that's why he – I mean, it's so hard to say a guy is going to – it's like saying, you know, Alec Pierce is going to be Cooper Cup. Yeah. Like saying Valus Jones Jr. is Debo. It, but he has a lot of similarities. And I think that when I saw it, you know, I revisited some more of the tape after the pick as well, what I saw was just, you know, the Cord- Cordell Patterson type, you know. Um, yeah. Like you said, you can give him the ball on a handoff. You can – you can pass it to him short on the screen pass, and he can make something happen. Um, you can also go to him up top. Um, but, yeah, if he can learn to work the middle of the field a little bit better, I mean, this is going to be an incredible pick. Um, I certainly think mm-hmm. that there's upside to him, um, and, you know, the measurables are all there. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm mm-hmm. curious to see what Getsy can do and how he can work him into the offense as much as possible. For sure. And the other thing that I want to say, like, before we get into some of these other guys – I've talked so much on this podcast about how I didn't really like a lot of the culture fits that Ryan Pace would bring in because they were very, he very much liked very humble guys, you know, like guys who are very like mild mannered. Um, And I think that's at times why the team, like sometimes having like a, a, a guy with, you know, bigger attitude or bigger persona can add a lot of swag way to a team, like swag to a way that the team plays, you know, um, Poles did the exact opposite where he found guys that like some of these guys, I mean, I don't know if you saw uh, who was the safety we, uh, uh, the we safety got later in the draft. Uh, yeah. Second, I can't remember. Hicks. Yeah. Elijah Hicks. I mean, he, <laughs> he's a funny yeah, dude, I mean, man. <laughs> watching some of those videos and, and got Kyler Gordon too, man. He has some swag too. Jaquan Bisker. Like these guys are, are completely Valus Jones Jr. Completely different culture fits of what Ryan Pace would bring in. Yeah. And you love to see that too. I mean, honestly, I love a yeah. player that plays with personality. Um, and so seeing that from Elijah Hicks, I mean, I think quite a few yeah. of the bears, you know, kind of Twitter reporters are like, Oh, you're going to love this guy. And it's like, yeah, of course. I mean, the man is hyped to, to get over here and, yeah. and get to work. So that was awesome. Doing pushups see. on his yeah, deck, you know, doing that, the, <laughs> you know, clap push-ups and everything in between. So it was, it was funny. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So our next pick fifth round. Now this is where we tr- got into a lot of picks and, you know, honestly, I want to watch a lot more film on some of these offensive linemen. Um, most of these guys, I know all I, I, we, I scouted all of these guys before the draft. So they got some good names here. Um, but I'm interested. I'm really, really interested to see where they fit in because 
I mean, we drafted four offensive linemen, and I think, in my opinion, they all translate to uh, uh, interior offensive linemen, even though three of them have the tackle moniker on their name. Uh, so Braxton Jones Jr., I'm, I'm, I believe... The weird thing is he's the one that could potentially play tackle. Um, he really, he is like the one, he has the size, uh, he has the movement ability. Um, I mean, he's six, five, three, ten, and, and he moves pretty well too. Um, he fits the, the zone running scheme that we're going to be working with. Um, you know, got great, great size arms. He's like everything you want physically. It's just the technique isn't quite there yet. Um, you know, I was really hoping that in the fifth round, we'd get the guy who the Packers got Zach Tom, unfortunately. Um, and I, I think he was, uh, he would have been a better fit at guard and an instant high quality starter. Um, but, uh, getting a guy like Braxton Jones later in the fifth round while turning all these picks around, you know, this is a good pick. It's just, are they going to try to play him inside or is this guy going to try to be a tackle? I think he's the one person in the class that could actually be a tackle for us. Yeah. And I think that at least from what I've seen of him, like you said, the technique can improve, but I think that at least where he's at with, you know, his hands is good enough where it does give you that promise that he could, you know, flex out and play tackle. You know, the question is, is just like, you know, how confident can they be in him? Because um, mm-hmm. are they looking to, you know, put him at right tackle and then put Tevin Jenkins at left? I mean, they seem like they an, at least initially mm-hmm. want to go with Tevin Jenkins at the right tackle. Um, so I think that, you know, if Braxton Jones ends up being flexed out to tackle, um, it's going to at least be an in-depth piece at first. And I think you'd probably see Larry Borum get the fair share of snaps at first. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, you never know how things can progress in camp. And I know that, you know, Larry Borum was someone last year that just started flashing off in camp and it translated into the time that he got in the field later in the year. Um, so, you know, maybe Braxton mm-hmm. Jones is going to have a similar trajectory to that where the, you know, improvement and where he think, where we think he's going to be at, you know, ends up going by a little bit quicker. Um, I, like you said, it's tough with him. I think personally, just kind of a little bit too in the body makeup as well. I could see him being in on the interior at the guard position. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe it's someone they kind of want to just assess and get in camp and then see which way it goes, and they're kind of fine with him settling at either. And that's the thing. I what One thing that I loved about this draft is like, yeah, we didn't get that top-end offensive line guy, but we threw a lot of picks at offensive line. And even if these guys don't turn out to be a starter, just having good, high-quality backup offensive linemen, even if he's our you know swing tackle or whatever it may be, I mean, may, this also opens up the opportunity for maybe Bor- maybe he does take over left tackle, Borum switches back to right guard. Like, there's a lot of versatility here. I could see him being a guard uh, at the next level. I mean, he'd be a crazy athletic guard. And maybe, like, he has good movement skills but obviously not like elite movement skills that's not why he went all the way at the top so like maybe getting a guy like he would have really good movement skills for a guard and really good size for a guard so maybe you just try to plug and play him there yeah. uh, another thing a lot of people uh, kind of sh- i mean it i'm mixed on this but a lot of people also mentioned the possibility of moving a jenkins into guard uh, because he is the one knock on him is he's a little bit got smaller arms. Um, and like, you know, that Jenkins is going to be a stellar guard or I think he can play right tackle though. Like I, I really think he's going to be a good right tackle. So I want to take him away from there, but you know, another possibility. Yeah, I think you got to um, play him at tackle for now, but right to see, to yeah. see because the value. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's go ahead and move on. Any grade there. I mean, I, the value is a good value. I thought Bra- this is right around where I thought Braxton Jones would go. Um, I think it's at least a B to a B plus. Um, It's so, I mean, I don't, not to like say that it's totally like worthless, but I I, kind of grading these players, I think after the fourth round, it gets, because you still even know quite where they're going to settle into the team. So it's almost tough to, to give them a proper grade. But like you said, I think the value is bang on. And I think that he's someone that has upside either at tackle or guard. So, I mean, it's hard not to Mm -hmm. like that. For sure. Um, okay, moving on. This is actually one of my yeah, favorite I like picks. This one a lot too. <laughs> Edge, <laughs> Edge, Domin- We have the same type, Reese. Yeah. Edge, Dominique Robinson, round five, 174th overall. A guy that I thought was going to go in the third or fourth round. Um, he's in. He's such an interesting case because this dude's six four, two fifty three. But he's like Leonard Floyd, where he still looks skinny at 250 pounds. This guy could get up to 280, and you'd yeah. probably still look like the part and have the athleticism he needs. 
insane athleticism literally played edge for one year he was a wide receiver before that he was uh, recruited to be a wide receiver has the wingspan 82 inch wingspan like all the physical traits are completely there and his ceiling is sky high it's just he's new at the position so there was a risk there and played at a lower level of competition had a 98th percentile uh, vertical jump as well so this dude's explosive and he i mean he needs to bulk up. Like we need to get him up to like two eighty. <laughs> Isn't that you, crazy? Like two hundred fifty three pounds. You're like this dude needs when to I add first, weight. I mean, especially. I mean, I'd seen him on tape, but when I first looked at like the measurables, I was like, yeah, that can't be right. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. it definitely is. I think that honestly, he's a perfect understudy to Robert Quinn too. I think that yeah. makes just too much sense for him to really kind of reinforce Honus technique with someone like Robert Quinn on the roster. Mm-hmm. Frankly, once they made this pick, I was like, you know what? I see the value of someone like Robert Quinn sticking around. Um, mm-hmm. Especially with Tevin Jenkins, yeah. too. You know, he's, he's still a young edge rusher as well. Um, or uh, Travis. Travis so, Gibson. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but um, I think that um, honestly. If- and then who is there? We also had, we had Travis Gibson and uh, the, the who is the other Gibson that was our, our strong safety? I'm blanking on his name. Gibson. Tashawn Gibson yeah. too is like so many yeah, different. It names. was <laughs> very, very you know easy to to confuse them all. But um, I think that yeah, this is some this is a pick that could turn out very well. Um, but yeah, he needs to get the weight on him so it doesn't turn out to something that's like a Leonard Floyd where it ultimately didn't work out here. Um, but we've seen the success that Leonard Floyd has had in L.A. and um, you know ultimately I think that once he does get that weight on, refines the technique a little bit. You know, he's a player that could be, you know, worth far more than this fifth round pick was. And I think that that's what makes these kind of picks later on a home run. Mm hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on. Yeah, that's an A plus for me there. With uh, as far as I don't know if I said for Braxton Jones, I think that's like a B because I think it's like a val- like perfect value, yeah. like need the position makes sense. Uh, and moving down to get him honestly increases my score. Um, Okay, moving on over to Zachary Thomas, offensive tackle from San Diego State. This is a guy that I looked at quite a bit. Um, I don't view him as an offensive tackle. I view him as a guard. He's got shorter arms, um, but extremely athletic. Like better, even a better athlete, I would say, than Braxton Jones. Um, But he does have like shorter arms, um, but he is a good build. So I think it would not surprise me when it's all said and done if Zachary Thomas is our starting guard uh, going into next year. Um, So like, I think he, he... provides a lot of uh, potential there, but also just like a great depth piece if he's not a starter. Yeah. And I, it, he's quick too. He's super, he's way quicker and way faster than the other, uh, than Braxton Jones. Yeah. I think that he is very fast. I think it would make sense to possibly flex him inside. Um, just need to see him like leverage a little bit better. Um, but I do like, I mean, I think he's good, you know, right after the snap quick to engage. Um, but yeah, can just get outworked a little bit by, you know, edge rushers that you know are like lengthier than he is can get beat off and around the edge with the bull rush occasionally so um yeah as far as tackle goes on the next level um we'll see how it completely plays out i mean then i mean just because he has shorter arms doesn't mean that it couldn't work out just means that the likelihood of it um isn't quite as strong but you know, kind of like we saw with Braxton Jones, too. Like, if it doesn't work out, then we're adding, you know, even more depth to the interior offensive line. So, you know, that's great. I think we're yeah. starved at the offensive line. And, you know, we've done some things in, in free agency to, to shore that up and make it a little bit better. Um, and, you know, if one of these guys takes off, then that's perfect. Um, and at the very least, we're really help paying things down and, and securing things. Because that was some of the issues, too, with the Bears in the past is, you know, we have players mm-hmm. like Elks Barr stepping up way too much, you know? Yeah. Uh, Ryan Pace never prioritized offensive line depth ever. Yeah. It's all like the entire time we had Ryan Pace, the offensive line depth was always trash. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that, you know, I'd grade this similar to, you know, what I'll give Braxton Jones. And, uh, you know, I, I think that both of them have a, a similar ceiling, at least in my mind, but I understand where you're coming from as far as the athletics are, you know, and his quickness is a bit better. Um, and, and with the quickness that he has, I mean, I know that it's going to be a primarily zone running scheme, but when they do want to pull someone, if they're, if he is playing guard and they want to pull a guard, he's definitely someone that I trust can, can get out there and, and make that block. Yeah, for sure. So that's a solid, uh, B plus A minus grade for me on Zach Thomas. Um, 
it's just like I'm I'm happy we're throwing picks at this offensive line. Yep, absolutely. Okay, moving on. This is another one of my favorite picks in the draft. Treston Ebner, uh, running back from Baylor. Um, he's so versatile, and he he reminds me a lot of Tony Pollard. Like he's not going to be the guy that you give it to him in the hole and like expect him to you know run right up right through the offensive line through the nose tackle. That's not his game. His game is get it to him in space and let him you know take it behind the line of scrimmage, whatever it may be. Um, he's also just a great receiving back. Like could like I think he was even a conver- uh, converted wide receiver. He has four four speed. And man, it's just I this running back room is so depthy. I'm I'm so interested to see how it actually um who actually sticks here. And even like I mean, I don't know if we'll go into the UDFAs this uh, probably not in this episode, yeah. but uh we also added uh the dude from Master Teague uh from Ohio State too and like he had, this running back room is so depthy right now. Yeah, I, I do like the Ebner pickup a lot. I think that, you know, the Bears kind of needed a running back that was kind of like an Austin Eckler-ish. Of course, we had never really mm-hmm. quite put that big of a load on him. But, um, yeah, I mean, ultimately kind of your Tariq Cohen replacement here, but still a little bit better sized. Uh, it, really solid pass catcher. Um, super quick, too. I mean, he has great vision, not only um, as of just like as a ball carrier behind the line of scrimmage, but when he does make that catch in space, <laughs> he's often the kind of person that's going to make that cutback and he'll run all the way across the other side of the field to see if he has to. I mean, he is just explosive um, and is just really good at making that first guy miss and getting it into the second level of defense. So, man, it's tough not to like this pick. I think that this is the kind of well-rounded running back room that we need as well. Um you know, I, I've talked a lot. I love Khalil Herbert, love his role on the team. And, you know, you also mm-hmm. are going to have David Montgomery, at least for this year. And then to bring in someone like Ebner, who um, at least as a situational back in this offense is going to work out very nicely. Um, and he's not just completely one dimensional, though, as well. He's not only a just split him out wide, yeah. too, if you needed and to. You can also he can be a ball carrier as well with a handoff, like you said, just optimally not on like some kind of dive uh, play. Uh, right up the middle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I uh, love the pick. That's for me. That's a, that's a solid. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's an A minus B plus for me. Uh, another pick that I really like offensive lineman, Doug Kramer. I thought he was going to go way higher than the sixth round. I was thinking he was a fifth, fourth round talent. Maybe, um, you know, he's undersized, but he like, that's really the only bad part of his game. I mean, he was a five year starter in college, always super consistent, athletic, um, just a, just a smaller dude. And it's like, I don't, I don't know for me personally, I'm not super like intense on like the measurables with my offensive lineman. Cause I think a lot of, you know, there is like most, most of the time offensive linemen that are above like six, six actually don't end up working out, um, because of the leverage battle and like other reasons too. So there is like limits to it, but like, I mean, there, we have a lot of proof that undersized offensive linemen, uh, specifically at the center position, as long as they have that strength and athleticism, they can really make up for the height and arm reach and, and such like that. So Doug Kramer would not surprise me if we actually see him at starting center and Lucas Patrick kicked over to a starting guard, another possibility for this offensive line week one. I think it's a possibility. I wouldn't, I think Lucas Patrick might prefer to play center and intends to come in and play yeah. center. So I don't know if they're going to be looking to ruffle the feathers, but I, he might just be a good backup yeah, center. And at least for the time being, and you know, Lucas Patrick isn't necessarily the future of this team at that position. Um, yeah. I think Doug Kramer is someone that, like you said, at center, I'm not extremely worried about the size. I'm really not. Yeah. Um, if you're going to be under undersized at any position along the offensive line, let it let For it be sure. center. Um, For sure. And like you said, that to be a center and to have that consistent starting experience, five years as the starter. I mean, he's someone that just understands the game inside and out. The center is the most one of the most, if not. I mean, it is the most stressful position along the offensive line. I mean, there's a lot of responsibility that falls onto the center, um, and the mm-hmm. relationship they build with the quarterback is extremely important. And yeah. I think you have to know the whole coverage playbook. Yeah, you need. And to I think everything. that Doug Kramer is someone that has shown that he can handle that and more. So I think at, at 
the sixth round, I think it's a really good pick. Um, I, I would give it an A minus. I think that you know he's undersized, but he makes up for it in his intelligent play, um, and also just you know he's not the most athletic dude in the world, but it's more than enough. And I, I think that at the center position, he's going to work out well. Um, so at least three years down the line, I mean, he's certainly one that could be um, the very well the starter, if not even next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, next pick, seventh round picks now, Jatiri Carter, uh, 226 overall. I thought this guy was a fifth round pick. Like, I was shocked. Like, I think this is a tremendous value, too. Uh, again, a little undersized for a tackle. He's about 6'3, but he's big. He's 311 yeah. pounds. And, like, the way he moves, you would never even know he was 311 pounds. Like, he is just like, he's the best athlete. He, he's probably the best athlete in this entire class if i'm being completely honest just he's strong he's violent he's aggressive like i love the way he plays again another player it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up being our starter like i it's so hard like looking at these guys who's going to start a guard i think it's a great competition and it would not surprise me if it's jatiri carter i think the big knock on him was the level of competition um I think he has a lower floor than all the guys mentioned previously, but his ceiling, I think, is the highest of the guys uh, of the offensive linemen previously mentioned. Yeah, and I think what I like about him most, like he says, the aggression that he plays with. I mean, honestly, I think that that part of his game, um, even compared to the other guys that we got, is he's just intense and he plays the game with intensity and. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what helped him overcome a little bit of his undersizedness. Yeah, the level of competition um, playing at the FCS level wasn't quite as high. Um, so I, I think that, you know, training camp is going to be extremely important for him. Um, but the athletic side of things, he definitely has that covered, like you said. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be interesting. He's one to look out for in camp 100%. Um, and, you know, like you said, his ceiling could be very high. I mean, I give it you know b plus here at this pick at this point i'm already Mm -hmm. loving what they're doing and just stacking this offensive line and to me it's you know a a lot more informed than this but it's like one of these guys has to work out at least at some of these vacancies that we have along the offensive Mm -hmm. line i mean there's just so much to address there um so much to at least build depth wise and you know frankly um, i'm glad the commitment that ryan poles brought to they didn't take them high um you know, didn't take them with one either the first two picks or, you know, either the pick in the third round either. But I think this commitment and taking four offensive linemen was was big in helping at least solidify the protection. And, you know, if they end up needing to draft, uh, you know, a, a much more higher profile tackle, um, you know, next mm-hmm. year, then you live with that. That's that's fine. Yeah. And you have good backups. I mean, honestly, having good depth. If you even if they go with their top pick next year, which I actually think will be a wide receiver, and there's some damn good wide receivers coming out next year. Like I, even the dude from LSU, you'll probably remember his name. Um, do you remember his name? You said LSU wide receiver. That's no, no, no. The the at LSU oh. currently. Uh, uh, Boot Boutte something. Yeah. Something like that. I can't remember. Um, but he, yeah, he's awesome. Like someone like that, or even the kid from Ohio State, uh, Smith Ojigba, or whatever. Yeah. Like tons of tons. And the kid from Pittsburgh who won the wide receiver award. That's, a, you know, like there's a lot of good wide receivers next year. Um, but even if they had to go with a, a top end offensive lineman, you're going to have great depth going moving forward. I think that Jatiri Carter is a guard because of his frame and height. Um, and like, I also think that Zachary Thomas is a guard. And uh, I think the only one that you might want to play at offensive tackle is Braxton Jones um, and see how that goes. But I think these other two guys are really high-quality offensive guard prospects, and uh, they'll be maximized there. Um, But the next seventh-round pick, uh, I like him a lot, Elijah Hicks, uh, safety, California, Man, this guy's got some energy about him. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he's got some energy, man. Yeah. And he's like a he's a good player too. I watched a lot of his film. Um I expected him to be about a sixth round pick. A little bit surprising for me to know he came in the seventh. Uh, I think it's because he's not very um 
experienced at safety. He had his best season at safety, but this is his first year there. Uh, but just a guy, I think he's going to be a great culture fit. Uh, and we need more backups at our DBs. I mean, this this DB room just in one draft, it's crazy how the perception has shifted for the next five years of this DB yeah, room. Yeah, and it makes it even more loaded. And I think, too, I mean, a player with that kind of intensity is certainly someone that you want on your special teams. And I think something that's going to be real interesting to watch with this Bears team is just how intense is the special teams going to be? Because but, yeah. now, like, there's going to be Also, the running back was good. You know, the, Ebner was good at – he was a great yeah. returner in college too. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, the upside on special teams of, you know, where this team is going, like, you know, people are going to be competitive. Like, this special team is going to be aggressive. Um, and it's becoming, as far as, you know, kickoffs, is becoming a little bit less and less relevant. But even on the punt return, you know, and, and punt coverage, I mean, there are going to be a numerous amount of guys to pick from as far as just athletes to be your gunners or just anyone else along the line there. Um, I think defensively, too, as a depth piece, you know, it's going to be uh, interesting to see where he quite fits in. You know, like you said, the experience, he needs to get a little bit more familiar, you know, familiarity with the position. But I think that, you know, certainly not going to be expected to be, you know, a starter. He's going to be depth and he's going to be able to pick that up over time and, you know, see where he develops mm-hmm. defensively. But I think in the meantime, a special yeah. teams pickup is great. Yeah. I mean, and then the final pick, we don't really need to get into it because it's a punter, Trenton Gill, literally know nothing about him. If I'm being completely <laughs> honest, I'm, I'm not a punt expert by any means. I do wish we got punt God, uh, from uh, San Diego State. Yeah, that man was a stud, but I think he went off the board a little too quickly for the Bears to to pick him up. Yeah, I mean, I do think, though, that, you know, Trenton Gill, at least from what I've seen um, and what I heard from, you know, NC State fans, listen, the guy was good. <laughs> um, <it, laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I think that he was, good one, he was one of the top-ranked punters. Um, obviously, that's why he got drafted. Um, but I think after Ariazza, I think this guy, you know, is probably one of the next best guys. Um, so I think it's certainly. I know some people were upset about them getting a punter. Like honestly, it's the last pick. I'm I'm not upset at all. Um, and I do think too. I mean, to have it matters more when you're like making deeper pushes into the playoffs a lot. But you know, having a good punter, like the effects of that are, are still not even quite talked about enough. Yeah. Um, because some of the level of punting in the NFL is getting extremely high. And frankly, I don't think Bears fans, or I don't know if they fully realize this, but we have not been treated extremely well. Like, we've had consistent enough play, but we are not getting near the top, like, punt play mm-hmm. that we could be getting. And it changes the game 100%. Like, if you're able to consistently down these guys within, you know, their own five-yard line, I mean, I don't care mm-hmm. what offense you are. That's extremely tough to try and overcome. And I think if the Bears can start to put that kind of pressure, they might even be able to win a couple games that they probably shouldn't um, this coming season. So I think that this pick could be um, better off than some people are giving it credit for. And it's the last pick, you know, come a break. Yeah. The final thing that I wanted to mention um, before we leave is just how laughable the Vikings trade in the first round was. Uh, if I, man, the Vikings, I'm so happy we didn't get Kwesi Adolfo Mensa after seeing that trade, man. They were at pick 12 and they traded down to the last pick in the first round and got a third round pick and moved up in the second round. You know what? I, I don't know even where quite to begin with that. I, what I will That's say, such I mean, a bad value. I'm fine with right now. I mean, like, honestly, I think if we want to go through what the rest of the division did real quick, I, I think the Packers had a solid draft. I think the Lions killed it frankly i I really like the draft that the lions had um (laughs) i mean packers here's the weird thing about the packers um well well, let's go team by team packers packers i hated their first their first round picks i hated their first round picks but i loved their other picks well like i think yeah you know getting a guy like christian watson i'm i'm not over the moon about him but like getting that's That's, a good value let's be sean ryan that's a good pick for him i I do think that christian watson at least in like the long term is a good pick for him I think that yeah. can maybe not for the immediate future, yeah. but yeah, long term. And I think Sean Ryan's a great is a great guard prospect. Zach Tom is a yeah, great guard. I'm envious prospect. of that one for sure. Devontae Wyatt, I think he's good, but he's at his very ceiling right now. He's 25 years old too. Getting a 20 drafting a 25 year old in the first round is a lot different than a 25 year old in the third round. Um, and Quay Walk, that was I think that Quay Walker pick is horrible. The Quay, truthfully, I think yeah. That was insane. I thought he was going to be a third-round pick. Um, 
And the fact that they drafted him over the kid from uh, Utah, that's what that's that what was makes a mistake. It, yeah. Oh, um, that's so bad. That is that is arguably, in my opinion, the worst pick in the. NFL I would have. Draft. I would have hated him Walker. to go up against Devin Lloyd twice a year. That would have sucked. I know exactly. <laughs> Devin Lloyd is just pert. He he is. Uh, God, I'm so happy they picked Walker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I can definitely live with that. I think with Wyatt. That pick could work out very well for him. There's just some things that need to be smoothed out there. I don't think we need to go into too much detail, but there's just a few things with Dante Wyatt that need to be kind of straightened out in a way. Um, and I think that the rest of their draft was very solid. I mean, I like the Zach Tom pick a lot. I like the Christian Watson pick a lot. Sean Ryan was a great pick, yeah. too. And I think overall they are going to be very happy walking away from the draft. And, you know, whoever want to move on to the next dude, I would say the Lions, I mean, man. They had what three picks in the first round. I think each one of them was yeah. crazy good. I mean, and they exposed they exposed the Vikings. Yeah. They exposed with that trade up. Yeah. Like, how the hell do you trade up twenty first round draft picks with that capital? That's insane. Yeah, I, and it <laughs> and to end up getting Jamison. I mean, honestly, I think every how do you Lions pass fan that up as a Vikings every fan? Lions Jameson Williams every Lions fan would have been happy if you would have told him your first two picks in this draft are me Aiden Hutchinson and uh Jameson Williams Jameson they yeah. would have yep they're all gonna take it um those excellent you know first two picks and oh, man I can't remember who the third guy they pick was but not off the top of my head but I thought that was a very solid pick as well Wait, no, I think they only had two first-round picks. Okay, but I think I still liked who they took. And uh, Okay, Josh Pascal from Kentucky. I thought that was a solid pick. Um, and also Kirby Joseph, too, was their third-round pick. I thought that was pretty yeah. solid. Um, for the rest of these guys, you know, their draft may have yeah. fell off a little bit. Their top, their, their top end was their really top good. Their top end was really obviously. good, yeah. Getting Jamison Williams and Aiden Hutchinson to, you know, blue-chip guys on both sides of the ball, like, I... As a also with the Vikings, what are you doing? Sending Jameson Williams to the to a, a team in the division, yeah. man. Like you had to know that's where they. Why didn't you take them? I I mean that would have been crazy to have. They had a really good chance to have a crazy wide receiver room, and they decided to pass it up. Which and they need it. They need it with Kirk Cousins. Like yeah. you need a crazy wide receiver room if you want to do anything. So I mean that was interesting, and I do think Kirby Joseph in pick ninety seven in round three. I think that's good value, mm-hmm. honestly. So I'll, I'll give that. Idea. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, as far as the Vikings, man, <laughs> I just like that is just such. They've really they've I mean, easily been the team they hate recently. You know, it's just kind of been easy to pick on the Vikings as as unfair as it is. Like I know we don't have an incredible amount of space to talk as Bears fans, you know. But it's just, man, it's seems like they always make the wrong move, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And like that's the the big thing is like I just was not a fan of even who they picked like Lewis Sign I was a big fan of Lewis Sign but here's the thing he was a player that I don't don't think fits them well since they already have um, who's their safety that they have Harrison uh, Harrison Smith yeah. right. The like the fact that they already have Harrison Smith, like Lewis Sign, I feel like is kind of like this, like a similar safety. Like I, w- I think it would have been better if they could get a better coverage guy, like Lewis Lewis Sign. Like I think Jaquan Bisker there would have made way more sense. Yeah, personally. Um, and then like who did they draft later on? They they did end up drafting Andrew Booth Jr., which I think they? is their best pick. Um, yeah, that was their best. I pick. think Andrew Booth Jr. is their best pick. I think Eddie Ingram at fifty nine. Not a great pick there, personally. So high in my for opinion. him. Um, they did get Brian Asamoah from Oklahoma, which I think he'll be a good linebacker. But that was high, too. They drafted him, what, the third, fourth Third round, round? at 66 overall. That's so high. I thought he was going to be available in the fifth round. They drafted him over N'Kobe Dean. I will say, as far as the depth picks go. And Channing Tindall. Jalen Naylor from Michigan State. Good pick. That was a good pick That's in good the sixth pick. round. But it, it, there was a lot. Not to really quite like is or is just kind of like average at best. <laughs> you know why? The re- this, if you're a Vikings fan, this was a draft that you could tell heavily emphasized analytics because all the players they drafted were very productive in college. 
um, you know, Naylor. Jalen, that Jalen Naylor pick screams analytics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scene, uh, booth, like, and like analytics will point you in the right direction. That was Kwesi Adolfo Mensah's like top thing. But looking, I was, this is what I was afraid of Kwesi Adolfo Mensah. Cause he, it's, it's funny because he comes from the Browns and the Browns before I can't remember who their GM was before Andrew Barry, but um, that GM, I, I know his name. I just can't remember it right now. That GM was a huge analytics guy. Um, and the fact, or not, not God, now, now I'm confusing it. Cause it wasn't the GM before Andrew Barry. Cause that was uh, the dude that was with Kansas city. I can't remember his name right now. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, Jesus. <laughs> He's huge. He drafted uh, Patrick Mahomes yeah. too, which was like huge for him. And Baker, Baker didn't work out, but um, anyways, I mean, you can find his name. But the guy right before that was a huge analytics guy too, and he just was trading down, trading away picks, and it was just crazy. And yes, the analytics do tell you to trade down, but only if the value is there. I mean, Jamison Williams is such a better football player than Lewis Seen. Yeah. And you got nothing in return. You you really got nothing. Dorsey, I think John he, Dorsey. Yeah, John Dorsey. Yeah, because he moved his way up with the Packers, if I remember correctly. Um, and that was uh, who Andy Reid wanted to come with him to, because uh, that's how he met Andy Reid. Because Andy yeah. Reid was a Packers assistant too. So, um, yeah, I think overall from a division perspective, I think the Bears, Lions, and Packers are all going to feel you know, relatively to really well. Good. I think the Bears and the Lions are going to feel really good about their draft. And I think the the Vikings, you know, they'll probably internally, they probably feel great about it, but I'm uh, I'm a little more spectacle on my end. If I'm ranking it, I go Lion. Here's the thing is like, I think the Lions and the Bears hit the their top picks out of the park. Like I, the, with the Lions and, and the Bears. The Packers, I think they whiffed on their first two picks, but their back in their draft is great. So if I'm ranking it, I go Lions, Bears, Packers, Vikings. And Vikings are like huge, not a huge gap between Lions to Packers, but a huge gap until the like Packers yeah. to Vikings. Yeah, I couldn't really say any better myself. I think that um, it's all relatively pretty tight between the top three, um, which is going to be good. It's going to raise the level of competition in this division. Um, but yeah, I think for the Vikings... It was a little baseless, too. I don't think I really quite saw a vision other than just straight up improving the team. Yeah. Um, well, there is no vision. Yeah. That's the thing is, like, what's their identity moving forward? I have no clue. Yeah, they're not going to know that until they finally get rid of that quarterback. But, you know. Yeah. And that was another thing. that That's really where I actually think both the Vikings and the Lions messed up is having the shot at Malik Willis for so long. And not not hitting it. Even like a guy like Sam Howell, you know, like the Lions. Unfortunately, they have a very defined ceiling when they have Jared Goff as quarterback. And I think like once Malik Willis hit the third round, to me, it just made way too much sense to take a flyer because in the third round, if you like you'll have him for the year. If you don't feel good about it, you can still draft a quarterback the next year. No one's going to bat an eye at you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was interesting, at least for the, the lions to maybe not take a shot at him. Cause I just, that's the one thing I don't like about their team right now is their quarterback and golf. And, you know, <laughs> for the Vikings, I, I never expected them to draft a quarterback, but you know, deep in my mind, I'm like, you should, you're not going to do anything with Kirk cousins, but yeah. You know, that's just the way I, I look at it. Yep. Well, ultimately, I think the Bears can leave this draft pretty feeling pretty good. What's your uh, overall grade on their draft? And then, uh, we'll, hey, guys, we'll be going more into depth on this draft, talking about fits, um, UDFAs, everything next podcast, which, I mean, we'll, we'll be doing pretty shortly. I mean, I, I probably will release in the next four or five days. Yeah. Um, but what do you feel? I think it's very easily and, and safely a, a B, B-plus draft overall. Um, mm -hmm. I think they can feel confident. They made a lot of progress in it. I think the vision was to, you know, build more sustainability on this roster, not make it be so volatile. 
um, where they really have to, you know, every three or four years mm-hmm. have to sweep some of these players out and kind of have a massive turnover. I think that mm-hmm. it just makes sense to build. And honestly, a lot and big thing too, getting 11 of these picks, man, the Bears were the oldest team in the league last year. Good to see a lot of new young players. Um, and the fact yeah. that Ryan Pace was, or oh god, Ryan Poles was Poles. able to uh, <laughs> turn uh, this, you know, six picks into eleven, fantastic. So yeah, I'll say you know easily, I'll say a B plus. I'll give him the B plus. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna give it an A minus. I'm really happy with this draft. Uh, I feel good. Like obviously this year, there's still gonna be. I don't feel like there's like holes on this roster. Like I think we'll find competent. Pl- now I think we have competent players at every position, which is, I was not expecting leaving the draft truthfully. Um, but it's like how good of a player is going to be at like our offensive guard. How good is that player going to be uh, wide receiver? How good is Valus Jones jr. Going to be like, it's a huge yeah. question. That's, you know? yeah. um, that's the one but, major knock on the class is that, you know, as far as receiver goes, we only walked away with Valus Jones. Um, of course, there's still a lot of moves to be made, you know, from, you know, now even till training camp and then from there to, you know, the end of training camp and the end of preseason. Um, but, yeah, I think that a little bit of a missed opportunity to give Justin Fields more weapons. I don't know if that's completely fair to him, but, you know, I'll ultimately we're not the ones in the front office making decisions. And I think that at least for their mentality, I think what their goal was uh, and what Ryan Poles wanted to accomplish in this draft, I think that he did it. So I, I give him credit for that. Yeah, and we have a full draft next year. Uh, if we don't do great, those will be high picks and everything. So overall, pretty pleased. Um, but other than that, Reese, any final comments? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, it's way too early to even ever predict this coming out from the draft. I think that, um, you know, maybe on a fringe side of things, you know, maybe the Bears somehow end up clipping a, a last wild card spot this coming year. But I think that'd be the very, very top end of things. What's their win rec- win loss record? If you had to guess right now, man, uh, I think they're a seven and ten team. That's why I was probably gonna say. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why plus or minus say. a game. You know, I think it's very possible for it to go either way in the other direction. They're a better team than last but, year, even talent wise. And the thing is, it's not right just now. a better team than last year, but they're a better team. Like, it's more healthy. Like, I don't know yeah. quite how to phrase it, but this more is a depth. health. Like, it's more depthy. It's more sustainable on the salary yeah. cap side of things and at player age. Like, the the Pace administration was just trying to take – they had that four-year window, and they tried to make each year the year, you know? Yeah. And clearly, Ryan Poles is taking a different approach. Um, I think really kind of widening the span of success. I think that Ryan Poles, I think what he's shown us over free agency – um, in the draft so far, I think that he can make the Chicago Bears a consistent playoff team. I think mm-hmm. what I need to see now from him, and it doesn't it doesn't even need to happen this year. I think it's just moving forward. Is just can he when it's the right time, you know, figure that out and then build, get those bigger names on the roster to make that push for the Super Bowl. Because I think right now, I think Ryan Poles is able to build a playoff caliber roster just based on what I've seen this offseason alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think what we've seen in the NFL the past couple of years, like there's a big disparity in, you know, teams that can simply just make the playoffs and teams that, you know, are really competing for Super Bowls. So, Well, that's what I also really appreciated here is like the Jaguars and the Jets – like as teams that we can kind of comp ourselves to who have the young quarterback, you know, obviously we had more talent than the Jaguars and the Jets last year, but those teams, even though they have less talent than the bears, probably equal like roster outlook as far as like future goes, they sold hard into trying to find talent for their young quarterback. Okay. Will it help in the development of their quarterbacks? Probably. But at what cost is my question. And I think that Ryan Poles really took the opposite direction. And that's what I liked about him is he didn't really care what people said. You know, like this team, the if everything goes well this year, um, which I think it will, uh, next year and in going into 2023, they're going to have a great outlook. And I think the team is going to not have that many holes, but have a lot of cap space. So they're going to be, and draft picks. So 
they're going to be a team where they could really, if they wanted to, sell hard to get high-end talent to add on to the team rather than find these guys and overpay them just because they're a need on the team, which is where I think the Jets and the Jaguars fell this year, specifically the Jaguars. Yeah, and I think that ultimately, I think when this year is said and done, it's going to be, you know, Ryan Pulse took this team that was in a, a very bad spot and put them in a spot where they have a lot of flexibility a lot healthier a roster in simply a year. So I think that that's a, I think that's a big win. Um, and the process is right. The process is really good with Ryan Poles. Do the players turn out? Let's see. Yep. yep. Ultimately, that's what's going to be. I mean, um, we'll see how the decision-making process all plans out. We'll see how well it sticks. Um, but I think that the philosophy, the mentality, um, I think since day one, it's checked out. And I think that, um, at the very least, we can give him credit for, I think, sticking to his word. Like you said, incredibly honest. And we'll see if it's honest to mm-hmm. a fault. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't yeah. think there's nothing in this draft that really should have surprised you too much. And I'm a huge Justin Fields fan, so I don't want you guys to get me wrong when I make this final comment. But I also think that the good thing about this roster is it's really going to tell us, truthfully where Justin Fields is at as a quarterback because going into next year, he doesn't have all the talent around him. So he might not have crazy numbers, right? But if we see the progress, if we see everything and knowing the roster is where it's at, I think that'll give us either good confidence. If he's not the guy though, and if he's a Mitch Trubisky level quarterback, the bears aren't going to have a good year and they're going to have a really high draft pick and the quarterbacks next year are great. Yeah. Like there's a lot of really good quarterbacks next year. Um, I don't think that'll be the case because I'm very confident in Justin Fields, but worst case scenario, I think the backup plan is even good. Yeah. Like that's what I like about it. I don't feel like we're selling out. Like we're not like, we're not like the Jags or the jets that really, they, they have no choice, but to sell into their young quarterback. Yeah. Um, it- I kind of like it. I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean, and, and I like it too. Um, and we can wrap it up after this. But I think that yeah, I would have loved to give Justin Fields more weapons too. Um, I think the line mm-hmm. of thinking that it's impossible to judge where he is at as far as development without better weapons, I do think that's an incorrect line of thinking though. Yeah, We'll at least be able to see, not in stats, but you'll at least be able to see if you're actually sitting down watching every game next year. You're going to be able to tell if Justin Fields is developing um, and you're going to be able to see in the game if it's like, okay, yeah, Justin Fields is is on it. He's got the quick release. He's working through his reads, but the players just or the receivers simply aren't getting open. You're going to see that. Mm -hmm. And I think there were points last year where we did see that. Um, But there was Mm -hmm. also some just flaws, too. that were just like, oh, you just can't do that. It took him way too long to learn how to, Mm -hmm. you know, throw the football away. Um, but I, well, I think I think the bigger thing is that the scheme just was so senseless; it was hard to and, tell. And honestly, too, that's another thing we're going to see change. I mean, coaching um, so for some teams it doesn't make a huge difference, but man, I mean, I'm hard pressed to think that we're not going to see at least some elevation just off coaching alone. Um, don't want to bank yeah. too much on it, but man, I think we are going to see a step up there. For sure. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining again. This was a longer podcast than expected as always, but um, we'll be hitting you guys with another podcast later in the week. So look out for that. We're going to be going over some UDFAs, which I'm very pleased with our UDFA class right now too. I think there's some other ads we can make. Um, And I think we'll talk even a little bit about free agents we can add at this point. You're going to see Ryan Poles add a couple of free agents. Now, by the way, didn't even say Nick Foles was cut too. uh, So so no more King Foles there. Um, But other than that, man, uh, you know, thank you guys for joining us again. Please leave us a rating and review and uh, bear down. Bear down.